So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I'm, I'm Tim from Urethane. And we're going to ask them some questions today about their new album, Chasing Horizons. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to it so far? Um, I feel like it's been really good, actually. Um, excuse me. Um, yeah, we didn't really know what to expect as far as response goes, because this is like a brand new project. But um, it's been it's been great haven't heard a whole lot of uh negative stuff but at the same time i, I kind of get a kick out of the negative stuff so um oh. yeah i don't know it's like it's kind of it can be funny it can be um it can be true so i, I don't know I, I like i like hearing everybody's um perspective no matter what, where it comes from all right well That's i fair. thought the album rocked so no negative feedback you can over tell here. when people are mm-hmm. are like trying to be mean yeah be dicks for no reason but exactly for no reason uh, yeah some were just funny that's good i also thought the album rocked banged even i thought it was very good (laughs) i thought it was good i did enjoy it uh so is there any meaning behind the album title chasing horizons and the cover art um the album title comes from the song wyoming um it was actually thought of by our bass player, Chad, um, who just kind of thought that it was like a good synopsis for the entire record. Um, it, it, the record came together, the band came together really quickly. Um, last January is when we formed. Um, and Chad pretty much had us talking with Jen from Cybertracks before he even started practicing with practicing with us oh wow so, um yeah everything just snowballed really quickly and we were and then we were in the recording studio in april um doing 12 songs that we barely finished so yeah and we were still writing in the studio so um yeah it you know the whole thing just kind of felt like we were chasing this horizon as soon as we could get there so um that's where it comes from. And the album art is actually um, from Mark DeSalvo. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's done like a zillion punk rock covers, mm-hmm. mostly fat record stuff. Um, I mean, you name it, he's done it. He's done No Use for a Name, No Effects. Um, the list goes on, but um, you can kind of tell his artwork after a while. It's, it's great stuff. And we were looking during, we were in the recording studio and we we're looking through his, his page on Instagram. And there was a, a, a piece that he had done that he was giving away to, mm. um, to a friend. And it is the one that we used. And it kind of looks to me, it looks like a horizon or a fire, whether, however you want to interpret that. But um, we were like, this is perfect. So yeah. we reached out to him and we were like, hey, we want to use this for our album cover. And he was like, oh, yeah, for sure. You guys can have it. And so he was super cool. He ended up being a, it, he is a good friend of ours and he helps us with a lot of stuff, our, um, art wise, graphic design wise. So good dude. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell us a little about your writing process for this album? Um, so the writing was, I was in a band. Um, for the last five years, kind of more of a hardcore band called War Fever here in San Diego. And um, 
we were playing a ton of shows and then the pandemic hit and everything shut down. Um, so during that time, the first few months of the pandemic, I just, to keep myself um, busy, I just busted out my songbook and went through the hundred songs that I, the un, hundred unfinished songs that I had. <laughs> and so um, I just started working on songs without like any regard to, oh, this should be like a hardcore song. This should be whatever. I was just writing songs that just were, that felt true to me. Um, I was going through, you know, like a lot of people were going through at that time, like a little bit of depression, a little bit of anxiety. We didn't know what was going on here. Um, so I think this, the music or the, the lyrics came out a little bit more emotional than I normally would write. Mm -hmm. um, so I finished a few songs and just didn't really, I thought that they would be cool. They were acoustic songs and I thought they would be cool if they had drums. And I, I a friend of mine, uh, Jeff Forrest, who owns uh, Double Time Studios, he, I know that he plays drums and mm -hmm. I just called him up. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. Nobody's coming in. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I went down there. He helped me like rearrange the songs. He played drums on them. We were just having fun and recording them. Um, so I came up with these five songs and I was just going to release them under a fun little pseudonym on social media and call it quits. And, um, like a week before it was going to release on all the digital platforms, I was on Instagram and I saw that Steve Caballero was in a band and he was looking for a singer in his mm -hmm. band. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll throw my hat in the ring and just because I, I felt like to me, Steve Caballero is an icon mm -hmm. and and I felt like I'll, I'll shoot this out to him and I'll never hear from him. <laughs> so um it was just kind of one of those fun things and so i sent him a couple of songs and the next day he got back to me and he was no. like I like this music and i was like mm -hmm. this wasn't supposed to work you know <laughs> uh, so i was really stoked and it turns out he lives a few miles from me here in carlsbad and wow. uh, so we met up and we, we talked music and um he was just telling me like he really liked the music that I was doing, but it was like pretty different from what his band was doing. And I think he was wanting me to get into his band, but he knew that his bandmates weren't going to dig my voice or style, mm -hmm. but he's like, whatever, I'll try it anyways. And, um, and I listened to the, some of the stuff they were doing and it was like, it was kind of more aggressive and I was kind of like, I was already doing that. I kind of wanted to do something different. Um, so yeah, he, he, brought some songs to his bandmates and sure enough, they were like, nah, it's like a little, a little too soft. Mm -hmm. So, um, he came back and he was like, um, yeah, man, I, I told my bandmates that, uh, I'm going to do something with you. So I quit. And I was what? Like, really? Oh, <laughs> um, so we're doing this. And, yeah. uh, so yeah, that was kind of the start of it. And he was like, yeah, man, this is like, this is the direction I want to go. It's what kind of what you're doing. So let, let's, let's start something. And I was like, awesome. Um, okay. And I, I reached out to a drummer here in town that I know is um, played in some awesome bands and he, he wasn't doing anything either. So 
Um, yeah. We all kind of got together. We were a three piece for a while, for like a year, um, just kind of nothing too serious because again, nothing was happening. So we were just, we would just meet up at a rehearsal studio and run through songs. And um, Steve at the time was playing bass. And one day he's just like, you know, I don't want to play guitar. And I had a friend, Chad, who was like really wanting to get into this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he plays bass. He's a really good bass player. He, he's a singer for uh, a band called Skipjack that's been around for 25 years. And um, so everything came together just really quickly. Um, He, Chad, he had, he had a a copy of the the five demo songs that I had. (laughs) And he is friends with Jen, uh, Jenna Beta from Cybertracks. And without me knowing, he, he sent a copy to her and he was like, Hey, this is this new project that I'm going to get involved in. And he kind of sent it to her as like a friend, like not like, Hey, sign us or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just, this is kind of what I'm doing. Check it out. And she was like, if you need any support or you want to put any of this out, let me know. And so that first day that he came to practice, we all played. And at the end of practice, he's like, Hey, I have a record deal for us. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. Um, You know, right after that, Chad and I went up to LA, we, hung out with Jen and we talked and she was like let's do this so yeah it was just like one thing after another one thing after another and Mm -hmm. we recorded um all of April and I don't know if this is I'm probably really just babbling on now I don't even remember what your question was but writing process uh, you're doing great great great. (laughs) so yeah after uh came out let's see we're done at the end of April and album came out September and before the album even came out we had just all these like amazing shows lined up and when we still do um, yeah. so it's it's been it's been amazing it's been an amazing experience yeah it's crazy how the band came together and how so, like you got a record deal like a no time guys are quitting other projects to join this one <laughs> it's fucking yeah. fucking crazy yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was I was playing in my other band, and and I had I felt really bad because I had a couple of songs that I was we were working on, and um, when we got the record deal, I was like, we needed songs really bad to to start recording for Urethane, so I was like, hey guys, I'm gonna have to take these songs back. <laughs> no. So I'm gonna have to leave the band for a little bit. <laughs> They were, they were really cool, very supportive. They totally understood, you know. That's good. They would have done the same thing in, in, their, in my shoes. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they were really cool about it. Wow. Okay. Right. So when you said the band snowballed very quickly, you, you weren't lying. It was like mm-hmm. one thing after another after another. It just yeah. once it started, it just kept going. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff, like, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just a guy that plays in a local band. And so it kind of, as, as things progressed and, you know, we're, we're starting to play bigger and bigger shows and, mm-hmm. you know, all this, this, a lot of this stuff is new to me. So, um, I'm, I'm kind of learning as I go as well. So, well, I mean, it seems like the momentum built up at like the perfect time, like got the For record sure. deal at just the right time, put the album out just the right time. So you could just kind of mm-hmm. roll right into playing shows. Everything kind of opened up as you were rolling it all out. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of hiccups still. Um, show cancellations at the last minute and mm-hmm. um but 
yeah, we're, we're, I feel like everything's coming back, you know, roaring back full steam. So fingers crossed. Hell yeah. For sure. Uh, so can you tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I, I think Inheritance might be one of my favorite songs. I don't know about a specific lyric, but um, mm-hmm. it was a, a song that I wrote. Sometimes songs take forever to write. Sometimes songs you can write in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this was one that that came really quickly, and um, I was able to. It was sort of like a metaphor for for addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it talks a lot about um, the things that are passed down from, you know, genetically from your family, the things that they give you, um, i.e., your inheritance is sort of um, kind of means addiction or or mental illness or or any of those things that like aren't in your control and they're mm-hmm. just given to you so that you have to um, figure out and deal with on your own. Mm. Um, that song, I guess, really stood out to me as, as being like one that meant the most to me, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Solid. Uh, so what song on the album took longest to write? Say again, what was the question? Uh, what song on the album took the longest to write? Oh, um, well, <laughs> considering that we wrote all of these in about eight months, uh, it was probably inheritance actually, because we went through a few, a few drafts and we, I think we finished it literally the night before we went to the studio. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how did the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener to the opener, closer to the closer, just kind of shuffle it, listen through a couple of times? What was the process like for that? Um, well, I had five songs that were from my demo, which um, Steve and Dylan and I were had been playing a bunch. So as soon as Chad came on, um, we just started we were kind of desperate because mm-hmm. it was kind of funny because we told um, Cameron Webb who produced it and Jen at the time, they were like, Oh, you have, you have 12 songs. You're ready to go. Right. And we're like, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had like six. Yeah. <laughs> Got to fake it till you make it. Come on. Yeah. So we were like, we, we needed any idea we could. So we were just pulling, pulling everything and anything out. But um, yeah. So, the 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 other songs came relatively quickly and uh i don't remember even we were working on like seven songs at a time so um it was it was kind of frantic (laughs) that's fair uh so where was your headspace i listen back actually i don't feel like we shortchanged them at all you know i don't feel like like i've recorded before and listened back and been like oh man i should have done this or yeah but I, I'm, I'm actually, I feel totally solid and confident on, on everything that we did arrangement wise and, and lyric wise. So, yeah, it's definitely it's a solid so- record for how fast it came together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cameron was a huge help too. Um, Cameron Webb, he helped us. I mean, he, we rearranged songs and lyrics based on his advice as well. So, um, 
you know, he had that, that objective ear that he could be like, no, don't do that. Or, um, you know, accentuate the positive kind of thing and eliminate the negative. So Mm -hmm. yeah, he was good like that. All right. That's good. Uh, so where was your headspace at, uh, while you were writing this album? Um, well, half of it, like I said before, it was kind of just stuck here in this living room with an acoustic guitar and nothing going on. So, um, it was kind of a, I don't know. It was weird because it was, it was kind of a bummer, but at the same time, there was so much free time to experiment with stuff that I probably never would have done. Um, had the pandemic not happened. Like, I don't know if I would have wrote these songs. This band wouldn't be around if the pandemic didn't happen. So um, it, it sort of diverted my attention <clears throat> for me to, to go a different direction for a little bit. So um, the, the negative headspace, I think, sometimes really boosts creativity for me. Um, so... That's that's kind of where I was, and then the other half was just like super fun hanging out with my buds. So yeah, that's good. That's very wholesome. Yeah. So how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they play it in the car with a friend? Should they play it in the dark with headphones on? Should they blast it at a party? What do you personally recommend? I personally recommend um, as loud as you possibly can take it. Mm-hmm. That's how I listen to stuff that I'm like pumped to listen to. Mm-hmm my car i'll just turn it as loud as i can mm-hmm. I that's how i hear everything hell yeah for sure that album definitely has this energy so yeah it's got that sort of like wall of guitars effect that cameron's good at so it's definitely a good one to listen to very loud hell yeah. yes uh well this question should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less happy sad loud there you go. Perfect. So is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners? Um, I, I want them to connect with it. Um, on So lyrically, I, I would like people to, to connect with it. Um, I feel like this, the songs that I wrote were like personal to me. Mm-hmm. And I know that other people go through a lot of similar things, especially last year and this year um, and just in these times right now. So um, yeah, if, you know, if somebody, I've, I've heard of a few people say like, you know, I, I, I understand what that song about because that's what I'm going through. And that's, that's like everything for a songwriter to have somebody connect mm-hmm. with a song. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what band or artists influence you think you can hear the most on this album, if any? What band or artist can I hear? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say Alkaline Trio, and mm-hmm. and I'm totally fine with that because I love Alkaline Trio, and they were they were and are a huge influence on me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of '90s punk um, is kind of where the rest of us come from that's kind of what we listen to a lot a lot of the fat record stuff a lot of the fast stuff um so you know you're no effects bad religion pennywise kind of thing um Mm -hmm. yeah um but lyrically i don't know i'm all over the board i listen to a lot of folk music and um 
I'm I'm a lyric person, so I really hone in on on a songwriter's lyrics. Um, I'm listening to like Phoebe Bridgers right now. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's weird to hear, considering that you were in like a, you're in a hardcore band, you're in a punk band, like, and you're like, oh, I listen <laughs> to folk in my free time. So yeah, for sure. it doesn't really line up, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to really good lyrics, they're from a folk song to a pop song to a punk song they're you know good lyrics are good lyrics mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. um if they speak to you then they're good lyrics so so is that what you listen to music to for good lyrics not like the instrumentals um <clears throat> i think i inherently just listen for lyrics after a while but mm-hmm. i i definitely um listen for the hook and mm-hmm. and what's going to grab me in a song mm-hmm. um you know that like first 30 seconds of a song kind of thing where it's like skip <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, that's fair yeah and and i don't know i feel like very um there's a lot of there's a lot of good music that does that so mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I i gravitate towards towards lyrics all right Sure. And just to go back to influences for like a hot second, I know you didn't mention them, but is Blink-182 like old Blink? Are they uh, influenced at all? No, not really. Um, Really? I've heard that too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, I never really listened to Blink that much. Um, Yeah, not, not for me, but maybe for the other guys. Okay. okay that's fair it's just it was the first thing that i heard i was like oh this is so good oh, really? mm-hmm. um but that's cool anyways it's still it's it's still great anyways um yeah. that's awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album um i i think it would have to be recording it was was a lot of fun um i love the writing and recording process mm-hmm. like playing shows is a lot of fun but it's more of like a party atmosphere and, and I don't know if people are really connecting with the music like they would if they're listening to a, an album, you know, and like concentrating and, or getting into it, fighting mm-hmm. with it. Um, so just being able to nerd out with like a really good producer and a good studio was amazing for me. Right. And same with the other guys. They, they had a ton of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah uh so picture this you're on tour you're at a gas station for a rest stop what is your snack of choice oh man i hate gas uh going on the road and that you just like gave me ptsd (laughs) going on the road and like eating at a gas stations for like weeks is horrible um imagine yeah i always try to get like the healthiest thing that they have which is like cliff bars and gatorade mm-hmm. and whatever kind of fruit they have but um yeah i i can't i can't do all the sugary stuff and all that garbage you're doing fruit say cliff my... bar cliff okay. bar is my answer you you do fruit from the gas station something something yeah. feels off about that like yeah. you got like an iron stomach or something that's like sushi from the gas station yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the the green grapes kind of hit there though. It's like you can kind of tell. And you're like, oh, those, those out, are they're starting to become I would raisins. Go for green grapes at a gas station. <laughs> 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 uh, 
so for this question, I want you to tell us if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be and why? These are creative questions. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I'm going to say it would be uh, pizza because mm-hmm. it has a lot of different toppings. Okay. Okay. And what toppings would, would those be? Um, and why? I feel like this album specifically um, has a lot of different flavors to it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if other people can hear that, but um, there's, you know, some mid-tempo, there's some, some double time fast stuff, and there's also acoustic song. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we kind of tried to cover the gamut on, on vibe. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so, where do you see the band in the next five years? Um, I see the band recording again next year, and continuing to. Right now, we're not so much like touring, but we're playing in Southern California and Phoenix and Vegas. Um, so we're kind of doing that like one-off weekend shows a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I see more um, a commitment to to actual touring and eating at lots of gas stations. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, can't wait. It's <laughs> a highlight. <laughs> like if you're if you're vegan, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, that's part of the Grapes. reason why I won't hit the road because I am <laughs> vegan and there's no oh, way I would be able to make it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what would you do? Like pack your own, probably have to pack your own food. For mm. yeah, you'd have to pack chips. a couple of weeks worth of food and chips. Yeah, chips. Yeah, hit a Whole Foods Ugh. on the way. Chips. Yeah, probably <laughs> like a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no touring for you. No, <laughs> you can do it. I'm good. <laughs> so for these last couple questions, we're actually going to shift away from music. If that's okay with you. Sure. Six. We're actually going to go straight to Death Row. Boom. So Death if Row you're records. On- no, death no. row, death row. Like you're dying. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not, if you're on death row. Okay. Unfortunately not. I wish though. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> so if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Uh, oh man, what would it be? Um I mean, I might as well go for like a double bacon cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And um Probably like, I don't know. I don't drink anymore, so nah, it wouldn't be that. Probably a large coffee. All right, perfect. We're gonna be uh, wide awake for that. Together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? One fictional world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like a planet. Like, what do you mean? Like a book, movie, comic book, TV oh, okay. series, you know, stuff uh, like that. I think I'd go Old West. Ooh. Yeah. That's like cowboys and like, stuff, right? Like, like Tombstone, like late 1800s. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I was like fascinated with that stuff when I was a kid. The whole like Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett stuff. So, yeah, I'd do that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So I actually have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? Blue. 
favorite uh, specific shade? Uh, dark blue. Okay, when, when we're saying like dark blue, are we talking about navy? Are we talking about like a sea blue? Like what you know, there yeah, it's, it's very I'm wide spectrum. More of like a uh, like a deep deep sea blue. Yeah. There you go. All right, there we Thank go. You. Thank um, you. So as Gloria said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? When does this air? In a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're going to be playing. We're announcing tomorrow that we're going to be playing the Sabam Fest in Austria next year. Austria. Uh, July, wow. End of July. Yeah. With descendants and Nolan Colin and a million other amazing bands. Yeah. Um, and we will be on the flogging Molly cruise in March. Okay. Um, with the descendants as well and flogging Molly and, uh, buy the album. It's, uh, the, the presale I think is still up for vinyl, um, on cybertracksrecords.com or cybertracks.com. So get your vinyl and uh, listen to the record. It's on Spotify and all the other um, digital platforms. All right. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for now. This has been Tim from Urethane, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.